Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blade of Apples, a horror podcast. Drop your trick-or-treat bag every week. I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And this week, we're taking a trip to 1992 to talk about Robert Zemeckis' horror black comedy. Yeah. Death I, Becomes Her. I don't Earth. know if I would say horror, really. Yeah, it is. You think so? wouldn't be on this fucking podcast. Yes, I, I do, because it's like a Tells from the Crypt episode, which he was executive producer on and directed Fair enough. Multiple episodes Fair enough. It's, it is a good movie, though. Yeah. It's the first time I've watched it. It wouldn't be on this fucking show if it wasn't. First time I've watched it. <laughs> yeah. You never saw it before. No, it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's really funny to see Bruce Willis actually knowing how to act. <laughs> it's weird. We're so used to, like, Bruce Willis now. We're... Original Sin. What is it? Sin something? Original Sin? Oh, Cosmic Sin? Cosmic Sin. Yeah. yeah. Like, shit like that. Those like direct to red box movies. Yes. Okay. Oh, he's shit. So bad now. You think you're something? <laughs> That's all his lines. Or he doesn't even show up. They just like green screen the background behind him. Mm. And he'll just say a mm. few lines. And he wears an earpiece. Is this cop out too? <laughs> he's a cop out. Kevin Smith, are we still friends? <laughs> Fuck no, they aren't. No, they aren't. Um but we'll get to more of that. Tracy uh, Morgan. <laughs> You know, Tracy Morgan has self-respect. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit, though, with uh, Bruce Willis and all that. Mm-hmm. But we also have a video game, and we got some mythology biology, and we uh, got some news, I guess, and uh, maybe some Nick Cage news. Do we? Uh, we're going to, because we're going to use a sound effect. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to give me the signal. You didn't prepare me. <laughs> I'm throwing you curveballs. Oh, my God. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Your computer's going off on you, man. Uh, personal offer. I don't need anything. So, I already have internet security. Wait, these pills will make your dick bigger? Well, maybe. I should just look at this. Oh, hold on a minute. Sorry, I was looking at Pornhub while we were chatting. <laughs> I can tell you're just distracted as I talk to you. Like, uh-huh. 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 Like, His what do you think, boys? funny. <laughs> He keeps lifting his right shoulder up and down. <laughs> I didn't know you injured your shoulder, Blaze. Yeah. yeah. My shit. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, but what's been going on with you this week? Not much. Just, uh, you know, getting acclimated to the new job. Uh, I got, uh, we're having a WrestleMania party next weekend. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, it'll have four people there, which is the ima- whole amount that my apartment can fit. We have four uh, people there, which is just what we need to have a tag team match. Correct. Uh, tornado tag. Yeah. Um, and I got WWE 2K22, and it's awesome. And I love it. Did you get that yesterday? Uh, I got the updated version yesterday. I got oh. the day before, but... I had to go get the X-Series one because, holy shit, it is the first time. You have to buy them separately, finally. Okay. So there's an Xbox One version, there's an Xbox X-Series version. And uh, Paige accidentally picked up the Xbox One series. And it is the first time I have been like, this is the difference between Xbox One and Xbox X-Series because it looks totally fucking different. Man, it took you a long time to catch up, man. <clears throat> I was ahead of that. I could tell the difference immediately. One's called One and one's called X. Stupid asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but uh, 
I did play some online with Jordan today, and uh, he, as Macho Man, betrayed me, Brock Lesnar, while we were in a triple threat against Hulk Hogan. Mm. Yes. It was the worst betrayal of all time. And Brock Lesnar was a child when they were wrestling. <laughs> he still is. Yes. Uh, don't say that out loud. He might F5 us. <laughs> um, be fine. Uh... And then we watched another great movie yesterday. Oh, we did. Yes. No, you made me watch. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. <laughs> what did we watch? What did we watch, Rocky? We watched Bloody Murder. We sure fucking did. Uh, you got a VHS tape in for the for the movie. Yep. <laughs> yep. Bloody Murder, two thousand. Uh, you refused to do an episode on it. <laughs> there's not enough material on it. Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty uh, thin resume. I mean, you could make more fun of it. Well, you probably have more jokes than we argue about, like, Death Becomes Her. But ouch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a character literally falls and hurts her knee and goes, ouch. <laughs> yeah, it is a... It's a gem. Yeah, it, it's, it is a complete ripoff of Friday the 13th and Scream, but doesn't do either well. No, yeah, no. It has a probably the worst red herring ever. But don't worry, we have more VHS tapes to come. Cast of Bloody Murder, come on the show. <laughs> we could probably get them, even with only 167 people. <laughs> They'd be like, somebody wants to hear from me. Like, yeah, sure. And then we just roast them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking job. <laughs> How's life now? <laughs> oh, I see your career relaunched. <laughs> I noticed you never put a picture on your IMDb. <laughs> and nobody else did either, because who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I uh, I went and saw Ministry. Yep. Uh, ministry Melvin's and Corrosion Conformity at the Hard Rock Live. You know, I was watching like Ministry set. No, I'm a pretty big Mystery fan. I like Mystery a lot. I like I like the Al Jorgensen, uh, mm -hmm. Reverend Al Jorgensen, <laughs> the leader of the ministry. <laughs> and so I'm watching Ministry, and you know I'm listening to all their industrial sounds and all that stuff, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself like I bet whenever Al Jorgensen discovered like a racer head, he was like, "This is the greatest film ever." Just like feverishly writing music to it and everything like this. Like, nothing can ever be better than this. This is everything I wanted in life. This is an industrial hellscape caught on film. And then Tetsuo the Iron Man came out, and he probably, like, cum-blasted through a wall. <laughs> He's like, what? What? <laughs> he probably had a mini-stroke after he saw it. <laughs> He's like, it can get more industrial. <laughs> but it was a great show. Um... What else happened? Uh, and then not too much happened the last couple of days. You watched Bloody Murder. Oh, I did watch something last night. Bloody well, you Mur saw X finally. Yes, this I last did episode, see X. You saw and X. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, it's pretty great. It is amazing. Yeah. Probably my favorite movie since The Lighthouse. Man, that's high praise. I don't know if I'll go that crazy, but it, it's really good. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it better than The Lighthouse. I just said. <laughs> I just said. No, I you, said! You, you, you like Cruella more. No. That's your, that was your favorite movie in no, the last I five did. years. I No, I did not enjoy that movie. You're out of your fucking mind. Not one iota. Um, 
Yeah, what else were you saying? You watched that melts you said? Oh, yeah. Well, since uh, <laughs> since the drummer of Foo Fighters died, <laughs> mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins, uh, I watched Studio 666 last night. <laughs> How was it? Uh, it's not terrible. That's it? <laughs> it's, you know, you know, there's some pretty good jokes in it here and there. Are they at Carrie King's house in it? No, Carrie King plays their, like, road, like, not, not roadie, but, like, one of the guys that work for him. Like, he's, like, one of their, um, not your producer, but your, like, guitar tech. Who's the other person that usually helps in studio? It's not the main producer, but it's usually like the other like right hand guy. I have no idea. Fuck, right. can't remember the word I'm looking for. But um, he's kind of like that. He's like you know, you're looking at my studio right here. Yeah, I see it. We're <laughs> <laughs> recording on it. Yeah, his name is Krug in it. Kerry King is in Krug in it, and uh, he dies pretty early. So spoilers. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's actually in a way more than I thought he would be. How is he at acting? <sighs> He just acting like Carrie King. Like, some of the be- members of Foo Fighters are, like, very natural. Like Dave Grohl is actually very good. And, like, he's, oh, he's very natural. In and before. Yeah. And, you know, he don't like comedy bits. <laughs> I want to get to this <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> well, hold on. Okay. So, Studio 666 is an hour and 45 minutes. It could have been, like, an hour and 20 minutes. It would have been, like, it's fine because, like, the joke. It's just like it's it's done pretty much by the first hour, but uh, yeah, they just uh, I don't know. Like some of the members of the band are really good, and some of them are really like not good <laughs> at acting. But there's some really good violence. There's a lot of like practical effects. Who there's would you say is the best besides Dave Grohl? Uh, either bassist. Okay. Yeah, I forgot his name. That one white guy in the band. That one white. There's guy a the white band. guy in the Foo Fighters. <laughs> You're there's, shitting there's, me. There's a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. In the R&B rhythm-based Foo Fighters? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's some cool little cameo appearances. Oh, John Carpenter and Cody Carpenter do the theme to the movie. And John Carpenter actually appears in it as well as their producer. Oh, did he come by to be like, hey, this sucks. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> no, apparently him and Dave Grohl are really good friends, so I don't know. Cause, like, That's weird because John Carpenter seems like a decent person. <laughs> okay. so <laughs> I don't know what it is, but for as long as I've known you, you've always hated Dave Grohl. Yeah. He's a fucking monster. <laughs> Why? Why don't you like Dave Grohl? I don't know, man. Like, he's just fucking annoying. I'm annoyed by his existence. (laughs) Why? Fuck him. That's why. He's a real piece of shit. I remember I was in a bookstore, and I took a picture of He had just put a book out. They wrote with his mom. I bet it sucked. He wrote wrote with his mom. And, like, the cover's, like, both of them, like... You know, sitting like back to back, like smiling at the camera. I took a picture of the cover. Was his I mom's said, like, I've raised a fucking monster. What have I done with my life? <laughs> I mean, God forbid. God forbid you see this movie where you see him killing his bandmates. You're like, I fucking told you. <laughs> I've been warning you for years. <laughs> I, I, uh, I sent you the picture. 
of the book, like the cover of the book. And you're like, I hope the car that they're posing on wrecks, they both die. I don't remember that, but that's probably something I would say. Um, I just wondered, why is he a mod? Why don't you like him? I don't understand. Fuck him, man. <laughs> that's like, why. He seems like a really nice, no, cool guy. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't seem like shit. Are you challenging him to the octagon? I mean, he would—he probably would stand a better chance against me than Hans Zimmer would. <laughs> we'll fight Hans Zimmer because it's an easy mark. <laughs> it's an easy mark. Hans Zimmer, meet me. <laughs> Catch these hands. <laughs> um, man, we're drinking high noon, and it's already three <laughs> thirty. <laughs> But Dave Grohl can't come to the octagon to fight you. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll do I it. I mean, I'm like, not going to help you with that. Uh, one. I mean, if if he, if I'll he, help you. I'll help you beat up Hans Zimmer, but I'm not helping you beat up Dave Grohl. If he starts beating the shit out of me, then I'll be like, "This is what I expected. You're a piece of shit, and you're beating up <laughs> an innocent boy." And he's like, "The best, the best, the, the best." best. <laughs> I'm like, "I fucking hate your music." <laughs> I like the Foo Fighters. I don't. I can't think of one song by them that I give two shits about. I've fucking, tried. Fucking Everlong. That's a great I hate song. that song. That's a great song. Fucking uh, Monkey Wrench. That's a good song. Nope. Sucks. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, come on the show. Dave Grohl, come on the show. Because you seem like a really cool guy, even though Blaze Prove you. to me you aren't actually the devil. Hey, Dave Grohl, I'm taking applications for new best friends. Hey. <laughs> See, he is evil. He's already corrupted your mind. With these Dave Grohl's turned you, you against went, me. You went saw his goddamn movie. And oh, I, I didn't go it. and see it. And now I knew it. This motherfucker was in there, and he was like, hey, I can be your new best friend. He's, I was like, he's warping the minds of handsome young youth like yourself. That's not what he said. He said, hey, I can be your hero. And I'm like, here comes my hero. And then he came in me. He came on you? He came up. I was like, here comes my hero. He came up over me. Oh, boy. That was a quick save right nice. there. Oh, man. I almost ruined my notebook there. That would have been bad. It's not like just ruined your carpet. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not technically your yours. You're renting. That's <laughs> true. Um... But yeah, I, I I didn't leave the house to go see this movie. By the way, I I, I rented it on VOD. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. I didn't waste gas to see the fucking thing. Oh, okay. But I want to see it looked schlocky saying. and silly, and it was, and you know, I mean, oh shit, I lied. It did get all over. <laughs> it didn't look like it did, and now the ink is seeping. <laughs> <Too little>. uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that brings us a little bit of Nick Cage news. <laughs> oh, does it? We're bringing back our segment of Cage Watch. Cage Watch. All right. So, <laughs> Cage Watch. We haven't had this since about December, even though Nick Cage news has come out, and we just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Too many segments. <laughs> it's just so much. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, when the Batman came out, Nick Cage said in an interview that he would like to play a Batman villain. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. To update it. 
and make I it. I could see that being good. Wants to update it, uh, an obscure character named, by the name of Eggman, played by... Vincent Price. Yes, our hero Vincent Price, back in the 1960 Batman series. He says yep. we'd like to update and make a more twisted rendition of that character. I think it's right up his alley because that would be a weird character yeah, to play. Yeah, that would be so. cool. Um, and then we also saw him as Dracula from yeah. the new Renfield series. Yeah, those yellow shots. He looks great. Yeah, he looks... Uh, yeah, so we reported back before that he got cast as Dracula in the Renfield movie. Um, and they got caught some set Is photos of him. Is it a movie or a show? Movie. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a show. Uh, they caught some set photos of him as Dracula. And he looks very Belagosi. Yeah, he very much does. <laughs> I'm really surprised by that. I wonder how much he's going to be hamming it up. Probably a lot, right? That's all I want. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be a horror comedy. So I'm guessing that he's just going to be like, Balls of the wall. Oh, yeah. He's going to be... Dave Grohl will do the soundtrack for the movie. He is going to be Adam Sandler in Hotel Transylvania. Dave Grohl is? No, Nick Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) I own Nickelodeon. Like, all right. (laughs) All right, but I'm on MTV now. What the fuck? (laughs) Dude, you tell your porn to shut up. I don't know what the... There we go. Okay. I don't know why it keeps asking me. I just updated my security. You don't need to update again. They're like, have you seen the porn you've been downloading? You need more security. (laughs) You need help. (laughs) We're trying to suggest new therapists. Maybe Dave Grohl is trying to hack your system. I bet it fucking is. (laughs) He's hearing me talk shit, and he's like, Bezos, buddy, get this. And then those two evil lizard people are slippering their tongues around their lips. Watching me fail at podcasting. <laughs> a scale I don't have place. a Facebook. Fuck you. <laughs> go on. <laughs> but it showed us. Yeah, I don't want to go on it. Then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's a lot of indications. We just feel we haven't used that sound clip in a while. <laughs> yeah, we just really wanted to do that. We made it while we were sitting next to a pool. And we were both drunk. I don't think I was drunk. Uh, oh, yeah, you couldn't because you couldn't drink because you were medicine. I'm still on the medicine. I'm just, I've learned my limit of drinking. Like, I can have like six to seven, or it'll be a really bad time. Because body know six to seven sounds like pretty bad, but uh, <laughs> you should have seen me before. <laughs> Did your body get the memo? Yes. My body was like, oh, I see. we can't fit alcohol in here. We got to figure this out. Because <laughs> you're still sad. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh, I think the only, speaking of Cage, I think the only other little bit of inf- uh, news I have is that um, Panos Cosmatos, who previously had just directed uh, Nick Cage and Mandy, announced he's making a new sci-fi horror movie called Necrochasm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that. And that's all I know about it. Yeah, they haven't released too much information. But oh, Panos Cosmatos is pretty There cool. is a little bit of news not related to Nick Cage Okay, that I was thinking about, and that's the fact that now we have a trailer for Nope. Well, there's been a trailer for Nope. Yeah, I know, but we never talked about it. Oh, yeah. I, I did. You did? You, you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, I did. I saw it in X. Oh, yeah, but I talked about back in February when it first Holy got released. Holy shit. Where am I? Okay. Where is my mind? What do you think about, do you think Roll, about right? the tra- <laughs> What do you think about the trailer of Nope? I like it. 
And <laughs> tell I, me what's happening in it. No idea. <laughs> is it aliens? vortex wormhole thing? Is it is it aliens? I don't think it's aliens. I think it's white people. I mean, let's be real. If anyone was going to be evil enough to make like a giant vortex in the sky, it'd be like, "Well, oh, can this make us money? And are we white?" Yeah, that's that checks out. Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's probably Dave Grohl sucking people up through a straw from this from space. <laughs> From space. Yeah, no, I. Uh, and that's something I actually love about Jordan Peele. Is, uh, you know, fuck white people, man. <laughs> we suck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not great. But yeah, it looks good. Bad track record. I'm interested. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I'm always interested in seeing what he's going to put out, so. We'll see. Either this is only like the second time he's put something out, out after Get Out. Wait, what about us? Second time after Get Out. Oh, second time. After, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, so it can't be like I love every time he puts something out because Get Out, like we're all like, I don't know, and then it's like everyone's excited for us, and us is pretty good. I like us a lot, except for it's not nearly as focused as Get Out. No, Get Out was great. And I, I've, I've kind of noticed that between I, I brought this up before the show, but just Jordan Pill, nobody's there to rein him in as a writer. At some point, it's either going to get too scatterbrained or too wacky. And I've noticed this now between us and Candyman and some other stuff. If somebody's not like, okay, like fuck all this extra shit, like just what are you trying to like? Let's focus What's on what point? you're trying to yeah. say. And I, I think it's a mixture of that and like after the success of Get Out, them giving him like all those projects to produce, like Twilight Zone. And mm-hmm. hunters and most of it like, like Twilight Zone like bombed. Yeah, it was like I, well. Yeah, I won't lie. I hated the new Twilight Zone. Oh my god! Um, just give him too much. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like he wrote all those stories. No. but you know. But I'm gonna blame him. I'm gonna blame him anyways. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying he's a Rod Sterling. All right. Oh God, no! <laughs> like I mean, you just can't beat the original. Like Twilight Zone is something that I'm not saying could never be replicated but it it would have to be like it has been replicated just in different forms yeah i mean like, like tales from the dark side i guess or well, I mean, besides tales from the crypt or tales from the dark side i was thinking more like fucking um black mirrors black mirror yeah, yeah i mean black that's, mirror, like, that's like twilight zone black for a new generation mirror, black mirror was definitely uh a better representation of it than the new twilight zone, yeah because like. i understood like the fears of a of this generation yeah it did so, so. Um, this one was just trying to be like Wacky. I don't know. It's just bad. Yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> yeah, um, all right. I guess we can go to our, speaking of Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> go to our main story. Does that mean it's trailer time? Uh, Yeah, if you could play it. You'd be the best, the best, the best. All right, fuck you. We're playing it. <laughs> don't you know that it's worth every treasure on earth to be young? Some people will go to any length to stay young forever. Is that someone? It's Madeline Ashton. Oh, she was a big star in the 60s. I thought she was dead. Oh, madam. You look younger every day. Thank you, Rose. But Madeline Ashton and her old friend, Helen Sharp. I've lost men to her before. Mad Are about to go <laughs> too far. A touch of magic. Drink that potion, and you'll never grow even one day older. Bottoms up. 
Now a warning. Now a warning? Bienvenida! Live forever! Ernest, I'm in the morgue. They think I'm dead. You are, but you're not. Are you telling me it doesn't hurt when I do this? It doesn't hurt. She's dead! She's dead, Ernest. Now he's dead. Alright. That was a trailer. It was. That you played. I did. You did. You did a very good place. It was trailer time. It's <laughs> trailer time. Uh your catchphrase. Trailer time. <laughs> it is, it Everyone is. knows that it's coming now. <laughs> it is the get her done of the blaze world. It's trailer time. <laughs> so Death Becomes Her came out in 1992, directed by Robert Zemeckis, and written by Warren Donovan and David Cope. Uh, people know Robert Zemeckis prior to directing this film. He uh, directed all three Back to the Future films, <clears throat> and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And uh, he also did a couple other ones that aren't appreciated that well before, before this. Um, one being Used Cars, which actually stars Kurt Russell. Uh, whose longtime partner is in this movie, Death Becomes Her. Yep. Um, and and used cars is like a uh, that was that was Kurt Russell transitioning from being like a Disney like child star to being like an adult. It's an adult comedy. It's pretty good though. It's a really good. I don't think I've seen film. that one. Used cars. It's good. They they, mm. they own a uh, used car lot. You're and They're kidding. trying to not go under. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to get bought out. And he's like complete shy star. Cadillac man. <laughs> Kind of. Who <laughs> sure. was that? Tim Robbins and Robin Williams. It's more, it's more like it's a, totally unrelated. It's more like Lawnmower Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and then in 1989, he was one of the executive producers of Tales from the Crypt. And then a few years later, made this movie. And then two years after this movie, sweep the Academy Awards. Uh, whenever he directed Forrest Gump. And of course, you know, he's still a super relevant name. He was one of these Steven Spielberg protégés. Right. Um, so, uh, Robert Zemeckis has had a big career. He's one of the more popular directors. And he's a director that's always trying to push uh, computer graphics and technology. This actually, this movie we're going to be talking about today, Death Becomes Her, actually won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Yeah, and for the time, you can totally see why. Yeah, I mean, between this and the, because I think, Stan Winston helped on this one. I think he did the visual effects mm -hmm. in his company. And then a year later, he did Jurassic Park. So mm -hmm. those two were like just pushed the boundary uh, in a big, bad way. But Robert Zemeckis has always pushed the envelope on graphics. You look even back to Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But you look like later in his career, like, oh, that stuff is good. Then like later in his career, he started doing shit like that Christmas Carol movie with Jim Carrey. And like the Polar Express, you know, all those like really bad, Ugh, like we're going to replace like actors with like CG and like, thank God they didn't take off. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I was sick of that. It was like two years straight. Like, yeah. Like he it also was probably he, more than that. He actually. produced Beowulf. Um, so like he was really trying to push that kind of like technology. Thankfully it didn't take off. And then he went back to try and make more like visual like things within like a live action movie. So he went back and did like uh, the walk. I think that was the name of the movie with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's a true story where he was like walking the tightrope. Um, the foreigner came over between the uh, between was that the Joseph twin Gordon towers. Levitt? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Um, Those aren't there anymore. 
<laughs> was it because of Dave Grohl? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying anything, but... Hey. 9-11? Well, do we know, do we know what Dave Grohl was? I'm just <laughs> saying, check Dave Grohl's phone records. There's probably a phone call from Rumsfeld saying, now. Or like a video message from Rumsfeld. And he's like, don't worry, I just learned to fly. <laughs> Shut up. Um... No, I just imagine like Dick Cheney or Rumsfeld sending him a video message. They're like, "Do it, do it now." Oh, <laughs> uh, this joke's gonna go on ever long. And then uh, eventually he's gonna be like, "I have a confession." <laughs> I did not know. And he'll be like, I knew it. I fucking I told, called I it. Told you I've told all of you. <laughs> but yeah, so Robert Zemeckis, uh, it's kind of funny. You probably noticed in the trailer of this movie um, that they play the Tales from the Crypt theme. Yes. But I, this isn't like an official Tales from the Crypt story movie. It's not like uh, Bordello Blood, which he wrote the story for, or Demon Knight. Um, Did he write Demon Knight? No. Yeah, but he, okay. he made the story for Bordello Blood. Okay, I was gonna say one of those sucks. Yeah, Bordello one Blood. One of them does. is great. Yeah. And guess who wrote Demon Knight? <laughs> On him. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Zemeckis, you hack. <laughs> Back to Hoocher, like who? I'm uh, sorry, uh, Bruce Willis. How about Billy Zane? <laughs> how about the better bald actor? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh. So this was an official Tales of the Crypt movie, even though it feels like it. it's actually kind of funny because it does feel like a Tales from the Crypt story. I, I I didn't do enough research to find out if it was originally intended to be a Tales from the Crypt story or movie because this has happened before where there have been movies that were meant to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, and then after they were shot, it turned out that they they decided not to market it as it. The most infamous one is uh, Frighteners, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's Frighteners, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, but that was originally supposed to be a Tales of the Crypt film. It was, uh, it was going to have like a Tales of the Crypt presents Frighteners. And then at the last second, they took the Tales of the Crypt off of it. But like, it feels like a Tales of the Crypt episode, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Death Becomes Her, um, starring Meryl, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis. Yep. Two lovely ladies and Bruce Willis. <laughs> Yeah, my pen in half. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Bruce Willis. Uh, so, so I, I like I've, I've come up with a, a timetable. With Bruce Willis. This is when Bruce Willis was trying, right? So, yeah. He when did he stop trying? Was it Cop Out? That had to be the start of it. That was the start. Because of like him. after that, he still did like Looper. Uh, Looper wasn't yeah, terrible. Looper's though. good. Yeah, yeah. Looper uh, was all right. But um. But around the same time, he was already doing, like, like kind of phoning it in. Mm-hmm. But he was phoning it before Looper. Like, then, living when, like then when Looper, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, then when Looper happened, I think that came out after. No, L- Live or Die Hard came out before Looper. Right. A Good Day to Die Hard came out, like, a year after Looper. That one's... <laughs> That's one. It's really bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, neither of those are good. No. But, but uh, he... Um, uh, uh, even before Looper, because people were saying when Looper came out, like, oh, Bruce Willis is trying. 
Yeah. That's right. weird. Oh, my God. So it's already so. happening at around that time. He must have liked it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, or maybe just Ryan Johnson was a good enough director. Which, if you would just show me Last Jedi, I would never believed it. Yeah, you would never guess that. <laughs> but then he I watch like Brick and Looper and Knives Out and Knives Out are all great. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, um, but uh, uh, not giving credit to Abrams either. So the no, <laughs> fuck him too. Yes. Uh, so the Bruce Willis timeline is this: BC and AD. All right, it's BC. Which I say is... Bruce Willis cares. Before caring. Okay. <laughs> right? Or before caring. <laughs> right? right. Uh, this is like, you AD. know, Die Hard, your Die Hards, your Pulp Fictions, your Death Becomes Her, your Sixth Sense, your, you know, Fifth Element, you know, shit like that. In the nine, nine, 80s and 90s, Bruce Willis, you know, Moonlighting. <laughs> Bruce Willis was like trying to have a career. AD, after dementia, is... Um, Bruce Willis now, which it's a rumor that Bruce Willis is phoning in because he's starting to develop dementia and he can't remember lines and stuff like that. Which, number one, just, you know, he's got enough money. Well, yeah, the thing is that he's trying to, like, save up enough money to give his kids and stuff like that and retire and all How that. How many fucking sure kids already. does he have? Quite a few. Really? Yeah. With, like, uh, multiple people? Uh, no, he has... Like three with Demi Moore, and I think he has a couple more made from a recent marriage. I'm not sure. And then, it, did you ever find it weird that weird like relationship between like Demi Moore, him, and Ashton Kutcher? Oh yeah, <laughs> where he would just like hang weird. out like with them like all the time. It's like the same thing with like Lenny Kravitz with Jason Momoa and uh, and uh, Lisa Bonet. Wait, was Lenny Kravitz with Lisa Bonet? Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is their kid. Oh my fucking god, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just like Lady Kravitz just always hanging out. Well, I mean, now Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet are together, but for you know whenever they were, like Lady Kravitz just would be like hanging out with them and stuff. Oh wait, like, Jason Momoa is not. They they, they divorced recently, or they separated recently. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Her uh, uh, her doctor dad must have got out of prison. <laughs> well, they they. He's like, oh, hey, hey, who's your name? And Jason like, nah, man. Nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going back to the ocean. <laughs> um, that movie sucked. So, it's I not tried great. watching it. It's, it's not great. I didn't. I never finished it. Um, but, uh, yeah, Bruce Willis is... Uh, I, I See, when I say, like, oh, he's developing dementia, that's why he's doing all these bad movies. Like, he's been he's been calling it in for at least... Like, yeah, over, no. Like, since his 50s. Like, I know he's 67 now, but he's been calling it at least since, like... Oh, okay. He was 57, you know? So, I don't know about it's that It's sad shit. to see. Like, you'd rather see... You know, it's... It's it's one of those sad things where it's like, man, it would have been nice if they could have gone out on a high note because, you know, remember him for all the great things he did instead of all the garbage he started shoveling at the end of his career. Yeah. I guess funny because you watch a movie like this where he's like super energetic. Oh, and, he was great in yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was great in this. And uh, he's, he's really going for it. And then you watch like something like Cosmic Sin. <laughs> yep. Which we got about <laughs> 10 minutes into. I will say that, uh, not that I, I, I like disregarding any of Meryl Streep's movies or anything like that, but I will say uh, this is probably my favorite movie of her. No, no, I mean, she's only been nominated for an Oscar like 26 times and won like five times. I know, but I really like this one. (laughs) No, she's great on this. I mean, she's great in everything. She's amazing. And Goldie Hawn's great in it also. But Death Becomes Her, do you want to tell the plot you want me to? You go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) 
So Meryl Streep plays a character named Madeline Ashton, and she is a fading Hollywood star. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, we open up in 1978. She's doing a one-woman show on Broadway or off-Broadway that everybody is not a fan of. <laughs> it is like a complete like ego trip uh, uh, play where it's just her like saying how great she is and everything. Everybody is like leaving halfway through the performance or like falling asleep. And, uh, and, you know, she used to be like a hot shit about 10 years before this, but now she's not, she's just like, she's just doing like off Broadway crap. But in the crowd watching this performance this night is her old friend played by Goldie Hawn, Helen Sharp, and her fiance played by Bruce Willis, Ernest Neville. Uh, and Ernest and Helen, uh, Ernest is instantly attracted to Madeline. And when her performance is done, he's the only one that's clapping. <laughs> he's the only one who gives a shit. And they go backstage to meet her. And he's immediately entranced by her. And Goldie Hawn is nervous because Madeline stole has stolen multiple boyfriends from her uh, over the years. So uh, Madeline uh, invites Ernest out to dinner one night. Ernest goes home, tells uh, tells Helen how they went out to get something to eat. She's like, oh, no. Like, I, I'm just so nervous. Like, you have nothing to worry about. Like, I was just getting dinner with her. It's all right. Very next scene, him and Madeline are getting married. <laughs> uh, this makes Helen go crazy. She gains a whole bunch of fucking weight. She turns into a crazy cat lady. Um, she is way behind on her rent and she just sits there in this gross ass apartment watching rewinding VHS tape of uh Madeline in some movie where she's getting like killed yeah and she just keeps on rewinding that over and over again to the cops bust her door down with the landlord and they take her to a mental institution uh to where she has an epiphany while she's at the mental institution where it's like you know what I should break and just fucking kill her <laughs> So she gets released. Another seven years pass. Seven years pass between whenever she was institutionalized and, and whenever Madeline and Ernest got married and she went crazy. Another seven years pass. She gets released out of the mental institution. And Madeline and Bruce, well, Ernest. <laughs> Bruce Ernest. <laughs> Ernest. <laughs> um, Ernest are in a loveless marriage. They've been married for 14 years at this point. He's scared, uh, stupid. He was a pla- <laughs> He was a plastic. Sur- whenever they met, he was a very successful plastic surgeon. That's why she was super attracted to him because, like, she's very vain and gets surgeries and is very afraid of getting old. And he was attracted to her because he was just attracted to her and he was a fan, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, but now he's washed up. He is a complete alcoholic. He now just. Um, he's not a mortician, but he does like the makeup on he preps like corpses. accidents for burials. Yes, yes, he does like all the makeup and all that stuff on him. Uh, turns out he uses spray paint. <laughs> yep, spray paint as skin toner, mannequin paint. <laughs> yes, um, and she is she hasn't had a gig or a job. Madeline hasn't in years and years and years. Um, all she's doing is spending money on plastic surgery and plasma transfusions or like whatever to like keep herself young. And she's terrified of growing old. 
Well, they hear that um, they hear that Helen, who's we learned earlier is the author, um, is now finally releasing a new book, and she wants to come to the book release party. And they go there, and she's looking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's amazing and earnest. She's looking like Goldie Hawn. <laughs> she's looking like Goldie Hawn. And uh, she's like, Ernest is Kurt, like, you lucky boy. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. But she's lucky, too, Kurt. Yeah, because she's got Kurt. You got Kurt. <laughs> you, got the, you got the main I don't man. I know who I'd rather be with. <laughs> <laughs> can I just give you menage a trois? Just cut him in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut him in between you guys. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll sit at your feet like a little doggy. <laughs> It'll be really weird. You can call me Gimpy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they go to the book signing. She sees that, that uh, Helen looks great, but it's very clear that. And, and she's immediately jealous. Madeline is immediately jealous. Ernest is like, uh oh, I may have fucked up because I'm in this loveless marriage, and Helen's looking pretty damn good right now. Yeah, which right. is kind of like, wow, you're kind of a shallow fella, aren't you? <laughs> well, I mean, not as he's shallow, but I mean, does. A lot of other morally questionable things. Like what? <laughs> like planning a murder? <laughs> um, but, uh, so, uh, Madeline, whenever she went to go get some surgery before the event, because she wanted to look good, uh, the doctor wouldn't give her a facelift or anything like that, because she gets surgery too often and stuff. So instead, he gave her a business card for a woman named Lyle Von Ruman, who's played by Isabella Rossellini. Uh, and she doesn't think anything of it. So she's driving at night. It's raining, and she's like, "I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go check out this, check out this address on the card." And she goes there, and it turns out that Miss Van Rumen is a witch. <laughs> I assume. You don't know that a witch of some sort. Uh, they never said that. She has a bunch of manservants that uh, are hunky, hunky, long-haired boys. <laughs> Including Fabio. Fabio is one of them. Uh, and and she is uh, Isabella Rossellini's character. Uh, Van Ruman is young and beautiful. And she wears um, just just clothes on her lower. <laughs> she wears like pants or, you know, whatever. But she wears no shirt or bra and just wears a lot of necklaces that cover up her breasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which Blaze was a fan of. Yeah, no, I wasn't against him. <laughs> Isabella Rosalina looks great in the movie. She really does. She looks amazing in the movie. She's fantastic. And she's like, oh, yes, yeah, like I already knew you were coming. He's like, yeah. well, I didn't call. It's like, I knew you were going to come. If you know what I look like, it's a very disturbing look I get on my face. <laughs> like, it is not attractive. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, you like That's that like, place? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I knew you were coming. It's fine. I knew you were going to be here. And uh, Madeline's like, oh, it's like, hey, so I'm going to offer you this. And she's like, can I see your finger? She pricks her finger. She pulls out this vial of like a violet type liquid. I don't even know if it's a liquid. It's more, it looks like an elixir of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. But you can drink it because you drink the vial. Haven't you heard of liquid smoke? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> and so she, uh, she that's a barbecue thing if you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm aware. Okay. Uh, it drops uh she drops a drop into her bloodstream 
uh, from the, the cut, Madeline's finger drops a little drop of the, the potion into it, and her hand quickly rejuvenates. And she's like, I'll give you the whole bottle of drink. But here's the catch. It's like you will have eternal youth, and for 10 years you can flaunt it. But after 10 years, you're going to have to go somewhere else and live alone. Like you, you can't be in the spotlight anymore. You can fake your death. You can just disappear. You can do whatever. But 10 years in the limelight as this young, beautiful person, then afterwards, you have to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Don't want people getting suspicious. Yes. Which she's like, all right, and takes a potion, and then like all of her wrinkles go away, or her boobs and ass like go back up, like they get perky and everything again. Um, she completely rejuvenates. She's looking great. She goes back home. Little does she know at this point that Ernest and Helen have already been plotting to kill her because Madeline is very difficult to live with. <laughs> yes. And Helen just wants revenge, so she's using her 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 control over Ernest to to trick him into helping her kill Madeline. But it's just a trigger. Is she's still attracted to him? I, I don't think she's actually attracted to him. Ernest? Yeah. Helen isn't like still attracted to Ernest, is it? Is she? No, is she just, I, I think it's him? more of a way to get yeah to uh, Marilyn. Madeline. Yeah. To kill her. Yeah. So. Uh, they're already planning to, well, what's the plan? How are they going to plan to kill her? Uh, they were the original plan. on, uh, pouring a bunch of, uh, oh, well, they were going to put some kind of toxin in the wine glasses and they were going to get her to invite Helen over for dinner. She was going to drink out of the wine glass. She'd fall down stone cold dead. They'd put her in a car. They would pour alcohol all over in the car to make it look like she was drunk like and then 19 bottles her. of vodka. <laughs> yeah, and then they would push her off someplace in Death Valley and the car would explode and they'd be like, "Ah, she was just drunk." Yeah. Which in like now, like that doesn't sound like a very good plan. No. Yeah. But 92? Yeah. Foolproof. That's how I murdered everyone in Look 92. at OJ. I was <laughs> I was 1 year old. I was killing <laughs> I bloodthirsty. <laughs> 92. I mean, look, 90s. OJ killing people. Dave Grohl Kill Kurt Cobain. Yep. Dave Grohl. Kill a lot of people in 2001. 9-11. Dave Grohl. <laughs> current attack on the Ukraine. <laughs> He's not a monster. Go on. <laughs> These are facts, people. Moving on. But while they're trying to plot this whole, uh, 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 this whole elaborate plan to kill Madeline, um... While Ernest is, whenever Madeline gets back home, Ernest has been drinking a bit, and they get into a big argument, and Correct. she pushes his buttons, and she turns around, and she accidentally trips on the top step of their staircase, and she's, like, sitting there, about to fall. I mean, not accidentally trips, like, he's choking her over Oh, he choked stairs. her first. That's right. He does, yeah. he does choke her. Let's not he make Bruce Willis he, seem okay. He lets, he lets her go, and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, no, he's definitely not okay in this whole movie. Yeah, he's yeah. planning to murder his fucking like, wife. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He lets go of her neck, and he turns around, and she loses her footing, and she's about to fall down the steps, and he can easily grab her, pull her back yep. up. But instead, she calls him a wimp, and he just one finger, pink. Yep. 
pushes her, and she falls down like 90,000 stairs <laughs> and breaks her fucking neck. They like, live in the Beauty and the Beast castle. Pretty much. Kind of. <laughs> Looks like it. Yeah, it does. Uh, and her head twists completely around, and she's uh, pretty fucking dead. Um, Ernest, before Bruce Willis, you know who Robert Zemeckis wanted to play him? Who? Kevin Klein. Really? Yeah. Um, which I thought would have been great because I love Kevin Klein. Yeah. Um, but there was some type of money dispute or something like that with the studio, and he refused to do it. Another person who they considered was Jeff Bridges. Um, I would have liked to see that. Yeah. Um, but so they, they settled. <laughs> so they settled with Bruce Willis. No, they didn't settle. It's, it's fine. No, he did it's fine. A, yeah, this is still when Bruce Willis was a get. <laughs> Bruce Willis was a, a get at this point because uh, Die Hard had already been out, Moonlighting had already been out. You know, I think this is a couple years before Pulp Fiction or a year before Pulp Fiction. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's probably a couple years thinking yeah. about it. So I mean, but you still get like like people wanted I think Bruce Pulp Willis. Pulp Fiction was a ninety-five or six, right? No, it wasn't that. I think it was like ninety-four, ninety-three. No, no, uh, ninety-three, ninety-four. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's one of those. Um, but uh, when he finally decided to get rid of that shit hair he had, <laughs> it's like you're not fooling anybody, and then he grew it back for like Fifth Element. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I haven't yeah. watched that in so long. The movie's great, even though the that director's a monster. Who's the director? <laughs> Dave Grohl. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, uh, 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 Luke Besson. <laughs> He had a lot of like sexual abuse stuff coming oh, out gosh. and shit like that. Okay. Um, but, People uh, suck, man. Yeah. All right, go on. But um, yeah. So he's like, "Oh no, I have to. Uh, I, I killed. I killed my wife." And he tells Helen, calls her, tells her what happened. We're free. We're free. Helen, uh, in the background. I mean, in the background, Madeline is gets back up. Like her her body is readjusting, all that, except for her head, who just twisted all the way around. And yeah, turns out the potion made her immortal. Makes you immortal. <laughs> so you can't die either. Hence why the lady said, take care of your body. Yes. And they did not. No. They did not. You want to continue on? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going from like plot point to plot point, not like really breaking any scene down. <laughs> okay. So something that was kind of curious to me with him like what shifted to make him like a mortician all of a sudden almost probably him being an alcoholic yeah but i just they're they're like oh it's because you know when helen comes back she's like oh she's ruined you like blah 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 and you used to be and it's like well how did she do that yeah i don't know right like, it's just kind of weird to me that that's I don't think that's a normal transition for a plastic surgeon. That Madeline ruined him? Mm-hmm. Because she's an awful person and he was driven to wit's end as alcoholic and went crazy and all that. Like, he's a complete wash-up. <laughs> also, where the fuck was their maid when she died? Uh, Sleeping. Fine. <laughs> sleeping. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> and also... Who were the people helping him with the formaldehyde in the scene when he was bringing it back into her body? Oh, he was just doing it himself. No, there was two people with him. Was there? Yeah, there was two people at the trunk. Oh, probably just people that were helping him load it. 
Who? Or maybe it's the butler and the maid. No, they were the people. They were at his house unloading it. Yeah, it's probably the butler and maid. Unloading for Valheim. They didn't have any questions. He's a doctor. And he's also their boss. Uh. <laughs> That's stupid. He's also their boss. <laughs> no, I, like, I... Listen, listen. Do you question Louis Vuitton? <laughs> yes. Do you still work for him? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there. <laughs> All right, makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, they take her to the hospital. And um, Sidney Pollack makes a cameo as her doctor, director Sidney Pollack. Yeah, you were talking about him. What else has he directed? He directed Tootsie. Um, What? Tootsie? You never saw Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman? No, I never seen it. Where he cross-dresses as a woman... Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a really good movie. Tussie? No, I yeah. haven't seen that. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was he was a playwright, actor, director, Cindy Pollack. He's, he's very influential in a lot of directors and stuff like mm. that. But he plays her doctor, and he's like, huh, like, uh, it's, it's almost like the scene for Return of the Living Dead, where he's like, check her out. It's like, well, you have no pulse. You have no heartbeat. Like, uh, your body temperature, like, you're dead. <laughs> like, Everything looks like you'd be you're supposed to be dead. Uh I'll be right back. And he leaves the room and he has a heart attack. Yeah. And all the doctors are trying to resuscitate him. And uh while Bruce Willis is running off to go look for a doctor, uh they I guess Madeline passes out and they put her in the morgue. And this whole scene kind of reminds me of like Exorcist 3 or something like that. Like we go through the hospital and everything is kind of like dreamlike or like a Jacob's Ladder or something. Yeah, shit like yeah, that. yeah. Because he's like running through the hospital looking, like looks in the room and they're trying they're to resuscitate. The hovering like, nuns. Like, yeah, they goes in a hallway and there's like hovering nuns and stuff and just how everything's kind of shot. Feels like a movie kind of like that. Um, But yeah, uh, uh, they decided, he decides to start, you know, take Madeline back home. Try to fill her up with some formaldehyde to preserve her body, give her the makeup treatment she needs, everything like that. Try to take care of her. Helen comes over, uh, like, "Hey, Helen, like you, you killed, <laughs> you killed me." <laughs> and they get into a fight, and they're fighting all around the house. And then she picks up a shotgun and she blows her away. <laughs> yep. And then, whammo, Helen's back. She took the potion too. <laughs> Little do we know. Years before that, she Back pointed in the out. 80s. 85, <laughs> yeah. she said. Yeah. 85, way before you took it. She's been a total hipster about it. Total hipster. <laughs> um, and, man, that is one thing, though. Like, it, you totally get why this would win an Academy Award for, like, effects at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not really sure how they did that with the. Like, unless that was CGI or something like that. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever they had for that time as CGI. Yeah, right. To do the, the torso blown through thing. Yeah, right. Like, that was impressive. Yeah, like, blows that's a hole in her midsection with the shotgun shell. Um, to where, like, there's many shots where you see, like, right through it. <laughs> like, there's, like, a, one where she's, like, in the foreground and every and, uh, Ernest and Madeline in the background. And you see her right through the hole. Yeah, and you see... <laughs> And then her, there's a part whenever whenever her and Madeline her are, a hollow person yeah. and looks through her. <laughs> yeah. her. Whenever her and Madeline are fighting, at one point Madeline uh, a piece of what they're fighting with uh, are they fighting with shovels? Shovels. Yeah. Shovels. When the shovel breaks and she takes the handle and she 
like she throws like a javelin into a couch, and it go, well it goes right through her hole. Yeah, she goes right through her hole into. And she's into the like, couch. yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was that was such like God, like I don't know. I just want to like give old Meryl Streep a hug in that one, like <laughs> something about her. Like I'm like, you are just so quirky. Yeah. <laughs> but but after she does that. Uh, Helen like sits down on the couch, or she like sits on the couch and like mm-hmm. you see the hole, but like the the yeah they decide the that goes they can't through her fight stomach because like, <laughs> they can't kill each other and they yeah. can't feel pain. So yeah, but when she sits on the couch and like the graphic of like it going through her, yeah, going through like the center of her hole, like as she's like sitting there like talking and stuff like this, pretty good, pretty great for 1992. Oh yeah, like that's the thing. Like I didn't see anything in this that I would consider cheesy in a movie today. No, I I, I would say you ahead watch ahead of this, its time. Yeah, uh, I would say you watch the graphics in this, and you watch like a few years later, like seven years later, mm. uh, and you watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation, <laughs> and you're like, man, Annihilation <laughs> is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is the greatest film. It is so good. <laughs> It's giving me shivers. But the dragon fight at the end, where he just like looks perfect. Oh man, such good stuff. <laughs> looks awesome. Um, but yeah, they decide to go and uh, they're like, "Hey, we'll just have Ernest. We're kind of like a menage a trois kind of relationship. He'll just take care of both of us. But we need to make sure he takes the potion also, because if he doesn't, then he'll die eventually, and we'll we're gonna have to find somebody else. Like we need him. Yep. So they knock. Well, they plan on putting drugs in his drink to knock him out. Yeah, and then he's freaking out around the house, talking about you know, it's about the promises you make. That's what life is about. And I made a promise till death do us part. And blah blah blah. And he's sloshing his drink everywhere and <laughs> spilling it all over the place. And they're like, I've been there. Yeah. And they're just usually drunk. (laughs) I made a promise that I would finish this bagel, (laughs) but it's still there. (laughs) But now I'm gonna fulfill this promise. Um, no, but uh, eventually they get to the point where he's about to sip from it, and they're the very last bit that was left. And right before he does, he's like, you know what? I drink too much. Pours it out. <laughs> runs off. Uh, so then they both pick up vases and knock him the fuck out. <laughs> and then as he's about to fall down the stairs the exact same way Madeline did, uh-huh. uh, they pull him back up, and he wakes up in... Uh, uh, Von Ruman. Who? <laughs> Lyle Von Ruman. Yeah, that's her yeah. name. Yeah. Isabella Rosalini's up. character? Yes. Yeah. And uh, wakes up there by her pool. And she gives the whole spiel to him. The same thing she told Madeline. And he's like, yeah, well, he's about to because he's impressed by like, he's like, this is amazing. He's like, wait, I don't. He has the rational thought of being like, I don't want to live forever. That'd be, that'd be awful. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to watch everyone I know die. Like, yeah. Like, what, what, how does it end? Like, what what happens? What? what they're what like, do do? wait, you're thinking too much stop <laughs> stop it <laughs> and then he runs off and fabio attempts to deflect him <laughs> well you have some thoughts though you, you you agree with Ernest about like oh yeah for sure yeah. i couldn't imagine like anyone that knows me probably is ready to die <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, ah, oh, you could live forever. It's like, yeah, but I know Blaze. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, hey, Blaze, take the potion and take it with him. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like well, <laughs> you know, if, if he never learns about the potion, I could watch him die. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll be like at your door at 98 with dementia, like, hey, you ready for a podcast? <laughs> Rocky hasn't lived here forever. Uh, Rocky hasn't lived here forever. Yeah, <laughs> Rocky doesn't live here anymore. It's like uh, my name's Mark. Sir. Like you're gonna take it, <laughs> and then like Paige will be like, "I don't want to take it," and you're like, "Oh no!" And then yeah, I'd have day, to like force it on her when she's asleep, or or like it passes away. Ter- terrible and you're person, like, like a terrible no. Person. I'm gonna buy a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the year 20, 2080 to 2050, uh, we? <laughs> 20, we'll say that, 2060. Would we'll be alive in 2060? Yeah, no, 2060 would be, yeah. I'll be like seven I'm years old. planning on it. <laughs> you're, you're, try, you're planning to hit 30. Guess what happened? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good you point. Took it, you took it pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I was not happy about turning 30. Because like way harder than me. <laughs> young me would be, have been very disappointed because I'm like, Blaze, when you hit 30, you're just going to blow your brains out. That's it. <laughs> and I was too weak to pull the trigger. I was too weak. And I don't own a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone at a pawn shop's listening I... and they have great prices, I'm going to come <laughs> in. I got a new episode for you guys for season 20 of Pawn Stars. <laughs> Hey, can I see that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for a gun. Oh, what kind of gun are you looking for? I want to kill myself. <laughs> well, actually, we can't do that. I'll give you five, th- $5. <laughs> All right. I-, I fucked over my mom. I can fuck over you. Yeah, Trump. <laughs> All right. Because he supports fuck Trump. Fuck you, Rick. Yeah, fuck you, Rick. Um, Yeah. So, uh, the cool part of it is that whenever Ernest runs off, he runs into, there's a, there's a party going on at, uh, uh, Von Ruman's house. And, uh, turns out that that old, that surgeon from earlier in the movie, uh, is in on everything. Yep. Um, and what they've been doing is like people like Andy Warhol and Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe and <laughs> yeah, and Elvis and Jim Morrison are all there. People like these celebrities are like, oh, they died, like or like whatever. But they always have this like youthful image after all these years and stuff like that. Yep, it's like, oh nope, they're all in the secret society where they had to go off the map or free or uh, or uh, uh, stage their own death, which is kind of a cool idea, I think. It is kind of cool idea. Um, and you know they're all chasing Ernest around. I uh, just want to have some fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, he runs up on the roof. Uh, he's about to fall off. They're like, hey, if you fall off, you'll die, so take this potion. And he's like, uh. All right. And both of them just want him, like we said, for cosmetic reasons. And he says, you know what? Fuck that. Trust a potion. And then drops oh, yeah. through a stained glass window into the pool. And lives. And lives. And we have the wrap-up of the film where... Uh, it takes. There's a 37 year jump. Um, Ernest is now dead. It's at his funeral, and he's li- he lived a long and happy life where he, he met his new wife at 50. Yeah, he had a wife, 
and he had kids and then had grandkids and he did a lot of traveling, helping people and reaching out to people and stuff like that. And, and a lot of people were saddened by his death and he had lived a fulfilling, happy life. But in the back of the <laughs> back of the church is Madeline and Helen um, who are falling the fuck apart. <laughs> yep. Skin decrepit and everything. All that. They go outside and they fall down the stairs and shatter in a million pieces, but they're still alive, and the movie ends. And um, I'm wondering where they parked their car. Yes. Um, there was supposed to be an alternate ending to this movie. What was the alternate ending? The alternate ending and Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis did a lot of editing on this film. He took out jokes he felt like didn't work. He felt uh-huh. like poor gags. It just lasted too long. He shortened up a lot of scenes. But he did shoot one ending. It didn't go well with test audiences, so he decided to go with the darker ending that we have. Uh, which I don't think the ending is that dark. I think it's kind of silly. It's a silly Tesla crypt ending. But um, the original ending was that you see Bruce Willis run into a bar um, after he falls and all that. Mm-hmm. And the bartender is played by Tracy Ullman. And she helps hide him. And then they run off and they get married. And... Uh, yeah, and then you see him kind of like it just fills in like everything in in the middle, and like Chestnut's like, ah, eh. he's just like, I'm gonna go with like a like a more like darker ending. <laughs> Decide to get rid of that ending. Uh, yeah, I get that though. Yeah, I like the darker ending better. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on Death Becomes Her? Scenes that stick out to you, things you have to say about it. <laughs> Well, number one, one we've been talking about the whole time is the 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 effects work is really impressive for yeah. the time. Like it, totally understandable why it won an Academy Award. Um, you know, Meryl Streep and Goldie. I will say it's like one of those casts that they they all really worked well together. Oh yeah, everybody's great in it. Yeah, like especially our three mainly. Well, really the four mainly is Isabel Rosalini also like. Well, yeah, and what I mean is, like, everyone really drives together. Like, it's not, like, unbelievable that these people would be in a situation Yeah, like the real that. drive turkeys. The real drive turkeys. <laughs> Hopefully they don't shoot us for that. <laughs> real honkies. Yeah, um, but, uh, no, it, like I said, it was my first time watching it, and uh, now I understand the cover of the movie. <laughs> it makes sense. What did you think it was before that? I don't know. I was just like, is he like Frankenstein bringing back dead girls he was attracted to or something? He was like, oh, man, these ladies are beautiful. And they didn't like me. But maybe if I bring them back to life, they'll like me. And then he brings them back to life, and they're like, we don't like you. And that's kind of what I assumed. You fucking dweeb. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, thanks for bringing me back. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's interesting, uh, the whole movie just being this whole, like, satire about vanity. Yeah, you know, for this sure. whole thing about, like, there's no real, like, relationship or bond between, like, any of the characters other than Skin Deep. <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's nothing, and, like, and he's And they're just, all awful. He's <laughs> just kind of awful. the epitome of the, the shallow person who's just like, oh, who looks better now? Yeah. Who looks better at this time? Like, not what they had or what they did. He just takes whatever on the outside is the, what he thinks is the best option. And obviously that 
fucked him. Yeah, every everybody's terrible. Until he was fifty, <laughs> every, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he had a great a great life after that. Yeah. Um this movie is super popular in the LGBTQ uh community. Um I think it was on RuPaul, they actually had episodes based all all after this movie. Uh, a lot of drag. You know shows. what? I think I remember that episode because I, I know Paige was very excited about it because honestly before anyone really talked about it to me, it was Paige. Like, yeah, Paige right. was a very big fan of this movie. She really likes it. And she had been saying, like, she's like, I, you're, you know, I, I'm really bad about that. Like, she'll always be like, let's watch something that's not horror or something like that. I'm like, fuck no. Like, I don't want to no, watch. No, I want to watch Bloody Murder. Yeah, I want to watch Garbage, thank you. And then she's like, well, let's Go watch. Go torture Rocky instead What's that of the- one? <sighs> God. Is it Pretty Woman? Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere? Yes. Yeah. And like I was like, no, there's no way I want to watch that. And then I watched it, and I'm like, I really like that movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Like I was like every time she did uh, What's Love Got to Do with It? Yeah. She made me watch well, that. What's Love Got to Do with It is great. Fucking Lawrence Fishburne's a fucking monster. Yeah, he's a monster in that. <laughs> it's so and awful. I was like, and I if was, was like, the first watching Lawrence that movie. Fishburne movie you saw, you would never like him again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. And I, I always sit there, and I'm like, man, Paige is right. This is a great movie. And then she'll suggest something else. I'll be like, no, fuck you. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, I mean. We're watching Nightmare at Noon. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to sit you down and show you Blowout. Oh, yeah. Well, Blowout was a. Okay. Those movies that she showed me are good, but Blowout is like a fucking cinema masterpiece. It like, is. that is a fucking... <laughs> Blowout is a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, but this is a really fun movie, and it's definitely... it's. I get where the horror elements come from, and I could say that even if you are not... Or you know somebody who's not a fan of horror. Like, I have some friends that just can't do horror, which is like unconceivable to me uh if you don't like it just like spicy food man it's not for yeah, everybody and i love spicy food yeah. so um people just don't watch faces of death and jack off all the time i don't <laughs> understand um uh so yeah no this is like something you could watch with pretty much anybody maybe not a kid but we I mean, can watch fuck, it with like... you know what fuck them they're ruining everybody's time um yeah they could watch it with kids yeah. But no, uh, I would definitely say I give it a thumbs up. I like this movie. You can watch it with, you know, a friend. You can watch it with an enemy. This was a recommendation, correct? Uh, kind of, yeah. I, uh, um, it's a pseudo recommendation because there's you a bunch of posting about it recently, <laughs> and then I posted something about it on my story, and then a friend of mine, Kayla, had posted something about uh, Death Becomes Her on Facebook. I'm like, I just posted something on Instagram about this. She's like, you guys should do an episode about it. So I took that as kind of like, yeah, maybe we should. That's not pseudo. That's a straight up ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's all that matters. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe we should. So, well, next week will be, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, but next week will be a recommendation. Yep. Also. From our uh, good buddy. But yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because this is the uh, first time that you saw Death Becomes Her. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, we can't make fun of it as much as we can, uh, as much as we can make fun of some other movies. Then. Bloody Murder. <laughs> well, I, I, I couldn't do a whole episode on that. <laughs> Save my life. Dude, I think I could, if I, you know, was 
smoking a lot of weed. Like, I think I could just really trail off about it. I would just leave my own apartment. Yeah, you, you could there. go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would be the ramblings of a very high blaze. But yeah, Death Becomes Her. It's good. Check it out. Check it out. Watch it with your friend. Watch it with your enemy. Watch it with the child. Watch it with Dave Grohl. No, don't watch it with him. He'll kill you. <laughs> He's like, death becomes you. Death becomes you. <laughs> All right. The death, the death, <laughs> the death, the death of you. <laughs> All right. All right. So that brings us to our next segment. Sure. All right. So it's time for another curation of Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game. Curiosity. All right, so what game do we have? Today, we actually have one that came out earlier this year. Guitar Hero. No. This is by a, uh, a new developer and publisher. Activision? Yes. <laughs> oh, so it is Guitar Hero. No. Damn. Uh, was Guitar Hero by Activision? I thought so. I don't think so. I think it is. Whatever you say. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. Go on, um, tell me about this game that you got on Steam probably while I look up uh, more important things like Guitar Hero. Oh, it is <laughs> yeah. on Steam. Because it's a, it's a brand new company, and I wanted to point them out because they did a great job. All right, yeah. It is called Developed and Published by D&A Studios, and it is called Conrad Stevenson's Paranormal P.I. Yeah, Guitar Hero is probably Activision. All right. <laughs> Boom! It's my curation now. All right. <laughs> what, 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 about Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? Uh, Conrad Stevenson's Paranormal P.I. Okay. Where you play. So, let's think slightly of the gameplay as Phasmophobia. Your job is to be a ghost hunter and go investigate people who are reporting you know, hauntings at their house or anything like that. But in Conrad Stevenson's, it's just you, number one. Uh, it goes level by level. So unlike Phasmophobia, which is random levels, which is great and super fun to play with friends, and I will never talk shit about that game. But this one is one that you can play on your own and still have a great time because it has very much more detailed ghosts and very much more... Uh, jumpy scares so it's more focused on it has more of what i would call a survival horror element to okay. it than phasmophobia and you also have a character that's not just you assume as you it is a, somebody named conrad stevenson who has said that he has picked this up as a hobby and then it ended up becoming his full-time job because he started doing it so much and in this game you only get Four different items that you can use. You get an EMF detector. You get a night vision camera. You get a EVP recorder. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's uh, where you record uh, like ghost sounds and stuff like that, right? Electric voice phenomena. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Phenomena. Can, can we use the uh, box? The spirit box? Yeah. No. 
that's kind of your spirit box. It's just it's radio stations, guys. See, <laughs> it's that's radio what I love stations. about Faz. That's what I love about Faz. You got that spirit box. And you can ask it questions. And also, this one does not utilize your microphone like Phasmophobia mm-hmm. does. So you have to speak as Conrad in the list of options and stuff like that. But um, unlike Faz, uh, it, the hauntings are very focused. Like they are very. Like, if it's a poltergeist, you're going to walk into a room and you're going to just find shit levitating and throwing at you. Like, it is very much survival horror more than it is, uh, like, a strategic co-op game like Phasmophobia. So, even though I know um, a lot of people look at it as kind of like a ripoff of Phas, but it's something different. Mm -hmm. It really is. And uh, it has been a lot of fun to play lately. Yeah. and uh, graphics-wise, it's a little more focused. But obviously, when you have something that's online and multiplayer and everything like that, that's something you're going to have to sacrifice to keep servers going. Yeah, right. But with this, since it's just one player, it's not running off anything but just the one file itself. It's a really good-looking game. It's very, uh, like I said, it's focused. And it's fun to play. So it's a good way to... You know, you've got time. You can just run through all those levels probably in a couple days. It's a lot of fun. It's about $9 on Steam. Okay. So, and it is their first game. Um, And I will uh, post a picture and a link to their studios if they have an Instagram so you guys can check them out because it is a, it's a fun, it's a fun one and you would definitely enjoy your time with it if if you're a fan of phasmophobia and you can't get a hold of your friends this is the game to play you uh did the page have to be there for you to play this no i'm doing better did you have to call page shut up (laughs) (laughs) i may have called page but she didn't answer (laughs) she's like i bet you place is just at home Playing one of these scary video games again. I have to manage a store. <laughs> yeah, she's doing actual boss work, and I'm like, I'm scared. Can you talk to me while I play my video game while you're busy at work all day? She's like, she'd be working. She's like, I hate my job. She's like, I wish death would become me. <laughs> Please take this potion with me. Please, we'll live forever. <laughs> Just like never. <laughs> I'd rather die right now. Um, and then we can have all the guitars and VHS as we could ever want. <laughs> we were over the phone. Yeah, I was, gonna, yeah, I was like, right, then Rocky kills himself. <laughs> and then who's next? Who's I'll take next? a. I'll take a. a a theoretical bullet for the world and befriend Dave Grohl. <laughs> Dave Grohl's like, well, clearly I love guitars. And I, I love VHS, man. That's pretty cool. We can be best friends. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my game. All right. Uh, I already have the game ready for next week at two. Oh, do you? Yep. Okay. So Is we'll- it the same one? Nope. Damn it. <laughs> Called Pacify, and we'll talk about that next. Is it scary? It's fucking frightening. Did you have to wait for Paige to go home to play it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's when, uh, no. <laughs> All right. Not on my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it brings us to our next segment of Mythology Biology. All right, so what is the folklore that we have? Well, uh, I did have it nicely written down in different sections, but I uh, spilt my drink all over my paper, which you heard (laughs) earlier. Yes, we recorded it. Uh, Thankfully, I saved screenshots of the article. There you go. (laughs) So I will read those verbatim. Uh, and take all the credit for it. You're like, I wrote this. I article. wrote it. It was all me. Um, this is the folklore of screaming skulls. Have you heard of these? Um, maybe. All right. <laughs> so the myths surrounding the screaming skulls are often connected to homes in ancient England. The skulls, which are believed to contain a spirit, are still kept within the homes because it is believed that if they are removed, it will resent, uh, result in a relentless haunting. Okay. So, over the years, not many investigations have been done because most of the homes that own these skulls are privately owned and are not open to the public. So, separation from truth and myth has not been established, but nonetheless, these haunted skulls and the folklore that surrounds them is very intriguing. Most Screaming Skull stories have several elements in common. It is often stated that these skulls were discovered somewhere hidden in these homes and that they are the remains of a person who directly wished to be buried there. But it is these last wishes that cause the hauntings, for if the skulls are removed from the home and given a proper burial, chaos ensues. This chaos includes strange noises, hauntings, and even poltergeist activity if this deceased person's last wishes are ignored. Early on, the people who encountered this activity tried to rid themselves of these skulls in a variety of ways. Some threw these skulls into lakes and rivers. Others tried to grind them up and get rid of them. Others tried to burn the skulls, uh, but it is stated that these skulls would reappear regardless of the method of destruction that was attempted. Okay. So... Once these skulls were removed, terrifying screams would be heard along with other unnatural loud grunts and groans until the skulls were finally physically retrieved and placed back into the house. So uh, because of this, uh, many of the skulls are actually still kept in a lot of English uh, ancient homes, mainly from medieval times and such. Um, And they are kept in these homes at the top of the stairs on a ceiling beam or on a centrally located table. Some are even kept in glass cases, all in an attempt to show the spirits that their last wishes have been respected. So, yes. Huh. The Screaming Skulls. Yeah. Mainly European, mainly in England. But always screaming. But always screaming. <laughs> unless you put them on the stairs. So they are like a small child that you stole the lollipop from. And are holding it at the edge of something until you give it back. <laughs> you push them down the stairs, mm-hmm. and then they snap their neck. And but but I thought but they took that a youthful a, potion. That's why they're a child still. It, it's funny to me because you know you know me. I love occult stuff, and I love reading and all that mm-hmm. supernatural BS and whatever. Yeah. And this is 
this is one like even though I'm I'm very familiar with a lot of medieval like ghost tales and stuff like that, I haven't really delved into the screaming skull thing at all. So this was kind of a newer one for me, and uh, I thought I wrote it better, but <laughs> do you? Well, you basically just the whole thing where it's like you took somebody's like article online and you just put your name on it and turn it into the teacher. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> um, In fact, you, I, I should <laughs> probably cite the website just because I'm feeling guilty now because of you and Dave Grohl. <laughs> It'll be fine. It's his fault, not yours. It is seeksaghosts.blogspot.com. Thanks, I get, thanks for our segment. Yeah, thanks for that segment. I wanted to credit them because I did have it written down in my own words from <laughs> multiple sites, but then I spilled my drink on it, so I had to go off the one I had screenshots of. <laughs> like, that's fine. Still hope you like lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> at least I credited them. If you t- fuck you, come at me. <laughs> Please don't. I'm sorry. Do you feel like you learned something? Yes. What? Uh, to put my drink somewhere else. Oh, no. I, I meant about the, about the story. <laughs> about the story. Since you didn't know anything about it. Do you I, feel fulfilled? Do you feel like you've learned something? Do you feel I like feel, your quest for knowledge has went somewhere? I feel like one day somebody's going to ask about something. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh, man, I have this killer joke, but you wouldn't get it. <laughs> Do you know what screaming skulls are? No? All right. <laughs> and that'll be it. Like, but in my head, I'll be like, if they did know, I would say this. <laughs> and they would be like, oh, that is so fucking clever. How do you know folklore so well? I'm like, well, I have a podcast. You should check it out. And then they get their friends, and then everyone comes over, and they're like, wow, this is a great podcast. Don't listen to those, <laughs> don't listen to those critics. This is a great podcast, and Blaze is prepared every time. They all they all pick you up on their shoulders, and they're hip, just, hip, yeah, and they, and they carry you out the house and throw me out. But you hit your head on the fucking wall because you know it's a low door frame. Uh huh. And then they drag you outside, and they're like, "Well, we need to take you to the hospital." And they're like, oh, "I don't feel like doing this." So they all just leave me. They just leave you there, bleeding from your head. Thank goodness I drank that potion. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this episode of Bladed Apples. Um, thank you guys for listening. Yep. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can. BladedApplesPod at gmail.com or on the Instagram. you got comments, concerns, requests, bitches, whatever. Like, you want to bitch us out, it's fine. You want to say, hey. Why? Not too shabby, guys. That's fine also, but... We did get a request. We did get a request, so next week will be a request episode from our buddy Andy. Yeah. Uh, he wants us to do Sam Raimi's 2009 Return to Horror, Drag Me to Hell. So that will be next week's episode. will be Drag Me to Hell. And I'm trying to get any other recommendations from anybody else so I can put off Blaze showing me more VHS tapes. Don't do so, it. 
Don't give him any. You take pity on my poor soul. Be like Nightmare Noon was a great episode. <laughs> it's the best episode we've had so far. We can have more of those if you just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you take pity on my soul. Be like, hey, Rocky, why don't you do fill in the blank? Uh, but if not, then after the Drag Me to Hell episode, we're probably going to be doing some VHS episodes. A movie you probably have never heard of. That I never heard of until Blaze found it. Blaze got sweaty at a $3 bin. Yeah, I did. got him. I got very sweaty. I was like, it's like, oh man, I just, I'll skip lunch today. I can get these VHS. (laughs) Don't do that, Blaze. Don't skip lunch. Sometimes they're worth it. It's not. Like a nightmare at noon. That was a dinner right here I that to, I skipped. Oh I used to do the high school where I take my lunch money instead of eating. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and collect it. What'd you buy with it? Like movies, movies oh. and CDs. Good call. Theater tickets. Hell yeah, that's the way to You know, do whatever. It. So I just starve myself until I got home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, eat. My grades are doing bad. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh. I mean, there are more reasons why why uh, my my grades would have been bad than that, <laughs> but <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, thanks to Blaze for being great co-host and you know doing the editing and doing our theme songs, all that. Thanks to Stefan Mize for doing the art. Check him out on Instagram, uh, either uh, either under his name Stefan Mize or Calling Panther Tattoo Parlor. Where he tattoos out of in Ocala. Uh, next week, like I said, be dragging me to hell. Anything else? See you later, fuckers. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Fuck you, Dave Grohl. Remember, Fuck you, Hans Zimmer. Next time. Bliss grows. <laughs> we just have a list of just targets at this point. Um, until next time, remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. See ya. Bye.